Feverfew was one of the first herbs that I actually ever purchased and one of my first clients that I ever saw and somewhere in the herbal extract um, information online, I don't know if it's still there, is a case study that I wrote on one of my very first clients who had migraines. With a name like Feverfew, it could be assumed correctly that it um, is historically used as a fever reducing herb. So it's cooling, it is a cooling plant. Um, Daisy-like, very beautiful. Even, you know, the first century um, Greek physician Dioscorides, who comes up a lot in mm. historical, um, when we're looking at the history of, of plants, he prescribed it for all hot inflammation. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello, and welcome back to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. And we've got Christine Thomas, the researcher from the Herbal Extract Company in Sydney with us again today. Hello, Christine. How are you? Well, thank you. And today we've got Feverfew. Now, Feverfew was one of the first herbs that I actually ever purchased and one of my first clients that I ever saw and somewhere in the herbal extract um, information online, I don't know if it's still there, is a case study that I wrote on one of my very first clients who had migraines and I gave her Feverfew. And so when um, Christine said, oh, let's talk about Feverfew, I was like, oh, yes, please. Um, so tell us more about Feverfew, Christine. Uh, yes, well, yeah, with, I mean, you just with a name like Feverfew, it could be assumed correctly that it... Um, is historically used as a fever-reducing herb. So it's cooling. It is a cooling plant. Um, daisy-like, very beautiful-looking uh, little daisy. Um, and even, you know, the first-century um, Greek physician Dioscorides, who comes up a lot in mm. historical, um, when we're looking at the history of, of plants when I'm writing monographs, um, he prescribed it for all hot inflammations as an antipyretic, which as we were talking about in another session, when we were talking about immune health um, for helping to reduce fever. Um, and it was known as medieval aspirin or the aspirin of the 18th century. So wow. as well as, I mean, we can get into migraines, but um, its name uh, says it all. <laughs> yeah. so, um, it's common that that is um, fever few. Um, but as you said, more recently it's gained a reputation as the it's sort of famous as not being known as the migraine herb and there's been a great deal of interest in to its activity in the treatment and prevention of migraine headaches yeah it's um it's an interesting i only ever give it as a simple so i only ever give it by itself i never mix it in a herbal mix so that they can take it you know as required if i or you know i might have them having it every single day but it means that i can totally titrate it or i can say yes you can have because if they're because therapeutic dose it's five to ten mils per week so if they're, they're on a mill a day that's seven and it means if they do get that migraine then they can have that extra mill if they need it to help kick that migraine yeah. Yeah. so 
And you mentioned here there's a large randomised trial um, for migraines, 170 yeah. clients, 170 patients. So, you know, I mean, that's for us <laughs> a yeah, great number. It's, we're always excited when we get human studies because a lot of the studies done on herbal medicine are on um, preclinical, like in the test tube or in mm. Which is um, uh, unfortunate. We don't like to talk about the animal trials, but I mean, yeah. I try and only use um, the human trials, but sometimes there aren't human trials. So we have to look at the um, test tube evidence just to get some signs, but we can't extrapolate that to human use. Mm. However, with Feverview, it's one of the few that have, we have 170 migraine patients. Um, this was uh, in 2018, actually, this study, mm-hmm. so not too long ago. Um, I also try and keep them quite current um, as yes. well, like in the last five years, we're using these studies. Um, and it showed overall good tolerability and a reduction in migraine attacks. Um, that was with 6.25 milligrams of Feverview extract. And that's with these studies, I mean, we have to look, they're all different types of uh, extracts and um, you know when we're extrapolating a human study to our product um, you know it can be quite different to what they used in the study so again it's still um, just a sign that uh, it's possibly going to be used and you were talking about the dosing mm. um, they were using 6.25 milligrams I and mean, we recommend one to five mil a week um, and with dosing um, our doses are there just as a guide. They're mm. not a maximum toxic dose. So mm. it's up to the practitioner what they want to give. It's just um, we take them from Pharmacopeias, from Lindsay, who started the company, Lindsay Shins, um, his uh, experience um, and, you know, really dosing is where the art of herbal medicine is. Yeah. Um, so you can give less and you can give more. Um, within reason um, it's just there as a guide but when we look at the studies with fever few um, that our dosing is about what they're using in the study so there's another study where they gave about 100 to 300 milligrams of fever view four times daily now if you're giving one mil of our product it's a one-to-one herb we make a one-to-one herb. So for every mil, you're going to be getting a gram of the herb. So that means um, we're recommending one mil a week, which is one gram a week equivalent. In these studies, they're giving about 100 to 300 milligrams a day, up to four times a day. So yeah. that is equivalent to, what you know, if you look at one milligram, 1,000 milligrams a week. Yeah. Bring that down to seven days. It's about 140 grams a day. Yeah. Um, so that's. So, I mean, we've. Yeah, we've got. Um, I mean, it doesn't taste too awful. It's not the end of the world taste-wise when it's mixed with a bit of water. So um, very, one thing I. Yeah. Hey. It's a very small amount. Yeah, isn't it? it's a very small amount. So it really, you know, you you know, using less than a mil mostly. So you know, it's going. It's not a tough one for our clients to take. 
and we're taking it as a single rather than mixing it in. So we know we know how much they're going to get. And um, but something else, just to change slightly, I've just spotted at the bottom of your review here: hot flushes and menopause. I yes. would never have thought. It's a renowned um, herb for women, and um, you know headaches, irritability, and tension. You know, like the liverish premenstrual syndrome can be treated because it's quite a bitter herb. Yes, it's, it's it's good for the liver, and um, it's a traditional amenagogue for sluggish menstrual flow, painful periods, um, and traditionally, as you said, for the hot flushes of menopause, it's that cooling. Her cooling bitter her wow. may also help with arthritis when it's in the painfully um, active and uh, inflammatory stage. Um, so, yeah, I know it's, it's funny. Herbs have lots of different broad actions and, um, yeah, they, you know, you think of it as the might they kind of get pigeonholed. Yes. Steve is being pigeonholed as the migraine herb, but um, it does mm. have... Um, you know, action for women as well. Other, very much other uses. And and I think with the pigeonholing, um, we forget ourselves. I'm sure I probably learned that in college all those many, many moons ago that um, fever flu was for other things. And yet, you know, I've used it once for that. So, I mean, she wasn't my first ever client. Um, she was close to first ever client, but it took me a while to write the um, case study on it. It took me a couple of years, I think, to write the case study and send it to you guys. But I mean, because it's pigeonholed then in my mind as this is the woman who had this migraine and this is what I gave her. I gave her uh, um, whatever the liquid herbs were. I'm sure the case study is still there and the fever few as a, as a simple. And that's what she had. And we got over these absolutely debilitating migraines. So, and they weren't, they weren't hormonal migraines. She'd had them, but they were and that she'd had them from the age of 13 when she'd mm. um, started menstruating. So, but they would just happen absolutely debilitating. Um, she would literally collapse wherever she was and not be able to move. And so, you know, I have, you know, she'd normally make it to a phone to be able to ring a family member to come and get her. Wow. And then she'd be out for the count for 24 hours and we stopped them with a herbal mix and with the fever view and, increased fluid and some diet changes and all the other things but they weren't as those changes weren't actually as significant as the herbs in her case which is why I sent it in as a case study so um really really interesting herb and um, result yeah amazing result amazing results with her um totally debilitating and then you know no she doesn't have migraines anymore yeah. Having had them from the age of 13 to, I think she was, I don't remember the age, it'll be on there, 30 something, um, you know, debilitating migraines and to no longer have them. And it was 100% the herbs. So there was very little dietary change. She didn't really change that much in her diet overall. It was a pretty good diet. Exercise, she's actually a mad woman when it comes to exercise. That I don't think has changed. That probably has increased since then. But, um, you know, it was just the fever view and the herbal mixes. So they do incredible things. And when you see them like that, work like magic like that. Powerful. Yeah, it's really, really powerful to see the change in someone from using the herbs. It's absolutely phenomenal. So I did put, it's a very similar story to yours, the first modern public account of its use for preventative um, for migraines was in 1978. Mm -hmm. It was a 
story um, reported in the British Health magazine, Prevention, concerning a patient who had suffered from severe migraines from, since the age of 16, so a bit similar oh. to your patient. Um, at the age of 68, she had begun using three leaves of fever few a day, and after 10 months, her headaches had ceased completely. So it took a while, you know, it doesn't yeah. happen overnight. Yeah. It takes time. That's the thing with herbs. They're not um, pharmaceuticals. Mm. They are being pharmaceuticalized a bit these days as we isolate constituents and um, mm. standardize them and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, they, they take a lot longer to work. But if you stick mm. with it, and, I mean, you know, we look at she'd had this since she was 16. Yeah. Like a, you know, a theory that for every um, year you've had it, it's a month of herb. Yep. So, you know, I mean, it's it's very broad um, way to look at it. But, I mean, she was 68 when she started this, so yeah. it's not going to happen immediately. No. Just, yeah. Uh, so 10 months is actually quite a quick resolution. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, but that is it, isn't it? Everything that we do takes time because there's a whole body change that has to occur. Lifestyle change has to occur. The herbs have to be going in. And the acute stuff, yeah, we get rid of that. You've only had a cold for 24 hours. So we help you get through the cold. You still have to have the cold. You get through the cold, you get over the cold. Um, but it's not going to take you months to get over it because it's acute and it's short term. So here we've got something in that example or in the example of my lady um, where something was very chronic, very debilitating, and then we've used the herbs to resolve the issue. So it's really wonderful and makes you feel like a complete genius when you've done these things. Um, yeah. So if you've enjoyed today, please make sure you give us a five-star review. That'd be lovely since you've stayed to the end. And um, we'll look forward to seeing you next time on the Bite Size Podcast. Thank you, Christine. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning, and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.